time for a new episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It, my favourite show on Play On Radio, if I'm honest, just because I get to talk about football a lot <laughs> with other people for once. Um, today, I am excited to have a Geelong supporter here because we haven't really covered Geelong in a positive light yet. Uh, <laughs> we've covered them in regards to the 2005 Grand Final and Mate, the, the title series. of the show is taking the piss out of my team. <laughs> I don't dislike Geelong. No, but you deliberately named... I can't believe I came on this show considering it's named after a thing that broke my heart. <laughs> well, can we talk about who you are? Yeah, sure. And what you do? Yep, absolutely. Hi, I'm Gemma, by the way, if no one knows. <laughs> and uh, I'm also Gemma. I'm Tom, uh, and I am from Sans Pants Radio's How Goods Footy. Yes. Uh, and I do dumb things like that. And you love Geelong. And I love Geelong. I'm from Geelong. I love Geelong. Uh, and I see it, but I don't believe it. Uh, was not a good time for me uh, because I had some friends in in Geelong. You either go for Geelong or you don't. Yeah. Uh, And I went for Geelong. So the people who didn't go for Geelong, when I got to school on the Monday after that (laughs) semi-final, um, my best mate had a key to my locker in case I got locked out, had opened my locker and had taken every newspaper article with Nick Davis's face on it and put it in my locker. And, I mean, let's be honest, there are a few of those posters up around yeah, this I'm, room I'm looking right around now. here and I'm like, mm, okay, cool, yeah, 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 cool, this is traumatic for me, it's fun. Uh, yeah, I'm just being reminded of five, yeah, cool, cool, that's fine. That's okay, I had to record a um, uh, an AFLW review yesterday and that was traumatic, talking about Melbourne and them missing finals again by percentage. But, I mean, just we can all be sad, but we can all be happy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah? Because I'm not going to talk about 2005 today. You're going to talk about something... Kind of great. I'm going to talk about something very great. You chose the topic. Yes. I, le- I just asked you if you wanted to talk about something and you immediately came back with this. Yeah. What are we going to chat about today? Uh, we're going to talk about the possibly the greatest moment in the grand final ever. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Okay. I think maybe not the, but it is definitely in the, if you look at like great grand final moments, there's something like your Wayne Harms skidding across the ground, like which, instrumental. Which we've covered in this show before. Exactly. Um, what about on par with the Leo Barry Mark? It's up there with Leo Barry Mark. It's because it, it decided the fate of the game. What about the Dom Sheed? It's better than Dom Sheed. <sighs> really? Dom? Yeah, it's, it's way better than Dom Sheed. I don't know about that. I, it's probably on par. I think all those moments are up there together. No, this has got Dom Sheed beat cold. Because <laughs> he played on? Because he played on. <laughs> you were going for West Coast. Well, yeah, but like I, like, I, like, I was going for West Coast, but... I am a Geelong supporter, and this is Geelong. Okay, so we haven't actually said what No, we is. haven't, nah. What are we talking about? Uh, we're talking about Matthew Scarlett's legendary toe poke in the 2009 Grand Final. Wonderful. Um, that uh, basically gave us a premiership. So I was a little bit... Le- I, I mean, I was much younger at this time, because this was 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, this was the last season that Sydney missed finals. So I wasn't... Wow. Yeah. I wasn't as focused on the finals... Um, even though I love footy, I wasn't yeah. as focused as intently as I usually am on the final series. So it, I actually had to go back and refresh my memory on this and all of it. So reading about it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, that happened. Whoa, it's amazing. It is amazing. And the fact that there were two teams in this season that won 18 or more games in the home and away season is amazing. Yeah. I think it was – I think so obviously Geelong and St Kilda played in the grand final and I, I'm – 
never correct when I say stuff, but I'm pretty sure it was like round 13 or 14. 14. They were both undefeated. 14, yep. Rolling into that round. And that game was decided by a kick. In the final minutes. Where Harry Taylor got knocked out by Michael Gardner, taking a totally fair mark, <laughs> like a huge mark, but in the process knocked out Harry Taylor. Yep. Um, and kicked the goal and that was it. Yep. Uh, but we, we fucking got him later. <laughs> really did. Well, we wanted to start it by going back to a, a less exciting time for you. 2007? We wanted Great to... Great year, too. Very to... good. I mean, sure. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to go back to the 2008 grand final against Hawthorne, though, because this is kind of the beginning of what ends up happening. Yeah, look. Yeah, let's do that. That's fun. <laughs> let's, let's reminisce about the one that got away. Do you know, fun fact, apparently, Matthew Scarlett... <laughs> thinks more about the 2008 Grand Final than any of the other three he played in and won. I mean, that sounds like he's got some issues there. He's nuts. I love him. He's my, He was my favourite player. Uh, Who's your favourite player now? See, I, I've never actually found someone to completely replace... Matthew Scarlett. Matthew Scarlett. Like, he was on... Or Clint Bizzle. <laughs> okay, I told you that uh, off air. Um, <laughs> no, so Matthew Scarlett became my favourite player when Clint Bizzle uh, was traded to Melbourne. Uh, I only like Clint Bizzle because I'm pretty sure I watched, we used to play him as a forward at Geelong and he either kicked like six or seven goals in a game and that was it. I was all aboard the Clint Bizzle train. Well, we had a big conversation already off air about loving fringe players because I'm notorious for that. Yes. So I'm I'm on board with this. I just was not expecting it. I, I, I can't even tell you why. Like... <laughs> There was like this is like Geelong in that era where there were so many like I could have had Gary Hocking, I could have had Peter Riccardi, like Ben Graham, nah, Clint, Clint Bizzle, Bizzle, who got traded, and then I was like, right, I need another player, and it just ended up. I think it was like my mum knew his sister or something. Clint Bizzle's sister or Matthew? No, nah, Matthew Scarlett. Okay. There was like a connection, but then from there I was like, yeah, no, Matthew Scarlett, full back, because you know back in that you know, those days, the you know. <laughs> Late nineties, early two thousands. Fullbacks weren't cool. It's not like Alex Hollywood rants, you know, where he's the cool guy on the on the field. Matthew Scarlett was a bit of a, you know, well, not this season. No, not this season. I mean, you know, that's bad. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Matthew Scarlett wasn't like a cool choice. No, when I could have had like Gary Ablett Jr. or Jimmy Bartell or Cam Mooney or Paul Chapman or Steve Johnson, Steve Johnson, Tom Hart. Like there were so many people I could have had, <laughs> and I was like, no, nah, Matthew Scarlett, and uh, he. He had an amazing finals. Like he had record. an amazing career. He had an amazing career. He's also the reason you have Tom Stewart on your list right now. So 100%. he's amazing. He's also our backline coach. Look at that backline. It's amazing. It's that, terrifying. That backline is a jigsaw of oh. insanity, and oh. they're very good. It killed me on the weekend. It did. Yeah, it killed Melbourne too. <laughs> Just they had seventy something inside fifties. It was the reverse of that. We terrible repelled game. them all. It was amazing to watch. Someone was like, oh, we weren't going forward very well. I'm like, no, nah, you were. There were a lot of times where Christian Petrarca was one out with Kola Jasny and Kola Jasny beat him every single time. Christian Petrarca's not that great, though. He's let's not. be honest. Not like Matthew Scarlett, hey. Amazing. <laughs> Matthew Scarlett's amazing. But 2008 Grand Final against Hawthorne. Yep. Geelong were coming off the 2007 Premiership. They'd won 21 out of 22 games in that home and away season. Yep. The only team we lost to, I think, was Collingwood in like round 10 and and that was up by like eighty points. That was like that was the year where there was the game where um, in West Coast where Bomber Thompson just ate lunch because mm. they were like so far in fr- front. In like we were so good that year. Like this era, that we had a lot of teams that went a lot of games being undefeated. Yeah, and we don't see that as much nowadays. I don't think. No, I think maybe that's equalization catching up. 
Yes. And so on. But I mean, we yeah, we we had a an amazing run into the finals and were so like unbackable favourites. Yep. To beat Hawthorne. And uh Then you kicked eleven twenty three and lost it yourself. To be fair, we probably kicked eleven thirteen. <laughs> They were like 10. They brought the rush behind in rule because after this, this grand final. Yes. Um, but we got killed because Stuart Jew had had a meatball sub and then played like a meatball sub. I love Stuart Jew so much. It's, he never has to do anything ever. He doesn't even have to win a premiership for Gold Coast because he won that one for Hawthorne. Well, I also, I mean, Gold Coast is my third favorite team now. So I'm totally on board this because of Stuart Jew and Alex Sexton. So go yeah, Stuart Jew. Sure. I hate Hawthorne, but I mean... He's yeah. a Sydney and Gold Coast man now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> no. So that was it. Was really shitty. So I was. How old was I? I don't know. Two thousand and eight. How old were you? I would have been like seventeen. Yep. I think. Um. So my parents went to both oh seven and oh eight. Uh, I didn't get to go, and I That's was like, "Unfortunate." No, it's all right. But I made up for it. That's okay. I got two more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I went to the best one out of the three. Um. Which is 09, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was it was just they got ambushed and they did that. There was that whole great thing of, you know, Paul they, Jeff Kennett coming out and being like, We have the psychological edge over Geelong, and then Paul Chapman doing that great thing of being like, We will never lose to this team again. <laughs> and they won like fourteen in a row against them. Yeah, it was something we mental. To, we had to play them in the finals again and they pipped us. Yeah. It's always close though. Yeah. And I know that you say that, it's a bit of a cliche, but it genuinely is always close between these two. I think there's been a, like only two out of those games from 08 to now that have been decided by more than six goals. Yeah. And one I'm, of them was a couple of years ago. I remember watching the Easter Monday one last year. Yeah. And that was ridiculous. The Jared Roughhead behind at yeah. the end of the... Yeah. Even last year, we had three shots on goal to hit the lead. And then the ball goes back down the other end with two minutes to go and they won. The one by like 11. I think it's generally, on average, it's about 11 points. Which is nuts. Which is ridiculous. That's Sydney we play West them Coast. twice every year. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <sighs> I'm glad we don't have to play Hawthorne twice this year. Anyway, so lost that game. Yep. Inaccuracy and rush behinds killed you. Yeah. Um, but we go into the 2009 season. Geelong finished second on the ladder with 18 wins and four losses. And that's... I recently did an episode about Melbourne in this era, and Melbourne were very much the reverse of yeah, this, yeah. so that's pretty good. 4-18 or 4-15 and It some was draws. extremely bad. Um, and it's the first time an AFL team had won 18 games or more in three consecutive seasons, over which they did over 2007, 8, and 9. We were insane. That's an incredibly dominant team. We should have had a 3 P. That's what kills me a little bit out of this, is it's like, oh, 3 out of 5 ain't bad. It's like, yeah, but we should have had 3 in a row. We've got two out of five. Hey, two out of five ain't bad. Yeah, you can't complain, but... <sighs> See, we had three out of five in a row, though. Mm. Like, we had the one year in ten where we didn't make the finals, and then I didn't make the grand final. Yeah. And rolled back into it again. And oh, even then, it was a disaster because it was the draw, so... Yeah. Cop that, Collingwood. St. Kilda. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was... The fact, too, that we, we had played so well, the only team we... Like, we, we undefeated. We lost St. Kilda by, like, a, a tiny margin. Six points. 
and then so I've actually got it here. Oh, here we go. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Both St Kilda and Geelong went undefeated until meeting each other in round fourteen. Yep. St Kilda won with that Gardner goal that you just mentioned in the final yes. minutes. Yep. Um, but then Geelong were dealing with some injuries and stuff, so they only won four of their next eight. So they kind of limped into finals after a really dominant first half of the season. Yeah, and we got written off a bit. People yeah. were like, "Oh, they're not. They're not gonna." We we would have really enjoyed a pre-finals bye. Uh, <laughs> Gil, or Andrew Demetrio was actually head at the time. Um, Terrible human. But, however, while we were coming off with a lot of injuries, at the time, we had the best player in the comp playing at the peak of his career because he won the Brownlow that year. He did. Very good. Eric shaved his head, made it all the world a difference. (laughs) You also had five All-Australian players that year Mm. as well. You have the record with seven, right? Yes, we do. Which was 2002. Nine? Uh, which was 2007, uh, I think. 2007. I think we had seven. I think we had um, Jono, Ablett, Bartell, Kelly, Enright, Scarlett, and then I want to say, like, it's not Cam Mooney, but someone like that. Yeah. So in. Oh, uh, Joel Corey was the seventh. Random player to. Yeah. Ha- but how insane is that that you forget that Joel Corey. Joel Corey was amazing, but you forget <laughs> about him? Yeah. Oh, man. This team was so good. It was unbelievable. So. In 2009, your All-Australians were Corey Enright, amazing. Superstar. Your favourite, Matthew Scarlett, yep. Joel Selwood. Um, in this season, he played his 50th game as well. Yeah, he he had that um, like quiet. So he had an amazing first year, had a quiet-ish second year, but not like the second year blues that a lot of great players get. And then came out in the third year, was like, oh, no, guys, I'm still really amazing at footy. Uh, Paul Chapman. Yep. And then Gary Ablett Jr. So then, obviously, Gary Ablett Jr. also on the Brownlow this year, which you mentioned, and Paul Chapman won the Norm Smith. So it was a pretty, like, star-studded, awarded team in this season. Yeah. Um, Travis Varco also played his 50th game this season uh, in 2009, um, and he's still an amazing player now as well. Obviously, at Collingwood, but he has such an impact on games. Yeah. I love Travis. I've got a big soft spot for Travis Varco. Incredible. It's just, that goal in the grand final. Oh, the, the 11 grand final, his birthday, 2011. Well, that one, but the one just last on. year, <laughs> you know, coming yep. off his sister dying and yeah. stuff. I mean, okay. It was amazing. He's incredible. He's incredible. Love he is. Him. He gets forgotten about a bit as well. Yeah, but he because he, he got forgotten about a bit at Geelong, I guess, because you've got... Stars. Star, like I forgot Joel Corey, and he's <laughs> sensational. Yeah. And Travis Varko's now, again, in the position where he's playing very... He's a role player, and he's a very good role player, so he gets overlooked. But he did a lot of great work in sort of that that era of dominance that I think goes unnoticed. Yeah, totally. Um, and St Kilda, though, just for context of how good this St Kilda team was, because the St Kilda we know now is a bit of a mess. Hey, they've um, won two in a row. They, I have enjoyed watching them play, but for the past couple of seasons, they've just been yeah. a bit of a mess. Well, this was Ross Lyons... First, like um, the first taste we got of the Ross Lyon defense yep. at all costs, control every aspect of football, which he's completely changed this year. Yeah, um, but they had Goddard at his peak, Lenny Hayes, amazing yep. player, Nick Del Santo, Justin Kajitsky, Nick Rewalt, King Schneider, Ball, Dempster, Gardner, and Milne. That's pretty good. So two of them Premiership players for the Swans. Yep, uh, uh, one of them a Geelong Premiership player. King. Yeah, that's true. Um, Gardner. Did he win a premiership for the Eagles? Yep. Man, they had a good... But then the issue was, their bottom five was like, what, Zach Dawson, McQuilters? Yeah. Uh, They had uh, Clark in this team. 
who got murdered by Max Brook. Yes. Um, but, I mean, Dawson was involved in the incident. Dawson is involved in the incident. Yes, we'll get to that. But we get to this grand final, and they're, they're two teams that had been really dominant in the season, but as you said, Geelong were written off a little bit going into that yep. final series, whereas St Kilda were coming in as the team to beat. And they looked really unstoppable, especially off that half-back line where Lenny Hayes was coming off there, yeah. and they just oh, had all this class. Lee Montagna as well. Oh, yeah, I didn't even write him down. Like, and he was also at the peak of his... Not at the peak, but like was... Close to, yeah. You know, um, Luke Ball was still at St Kilda that yes, year. Yes, I did mention him. Man, that's insane. Yeah. That's but like a very good, good team. Side. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. good team. And you forget about it yeah. because they never... Like, they got to two grand finals. Well, technically three. They never won it. No. So you don't remember how good that core was. Yeah, they had a good a good midfield, like, on ball. And then they fucked them all off. Yeah, they did. Now, unfortunate. Uh, no, not really. Suck shit. I mean... No flags for you. No flags to St Kilda, ever. <laughs> no, nah, bad luck. Um, anyway, so we get to the grand final. Yep. It's the 26th of September in 2009. The attendance is 99,251, which is pretty low for a grand final. These days say? it is, yeah. I went to this one. Yes. I got to go to this one. Uh, so I went with my mum and my dad was like with a work colleague somewhere else. <laughs> but we, our seats were like, you know how they group you in bays? Yep. Um, of supporters, we were on the edge of a Geelong Bay, so right next to a St Kilda Bay. And someone we knew from Geelong was in the bay across <laughs> from us. It traitor. was um, yeah, you know, absolute traitor. Uh, but it was very much a reverse of the 2008 fortunes, wasn't it? Because accuracy won you this game. Yeah. Compared to the year before. Correct. They had clearly gone away, and that and had gone away, and that had haunted them. Yeah, I mean, Cam Mooney talks about how like a lot of those missed shots like ate at him for the whole twelve months leading into this next grand final. And I'm sure Hawthorne players felt that way after 2012. Uh, like exactly. Just gonna say you that know, it's what it's what um, the, the Collingwood players of this year are gonna feel. It's what they're feeling all the time. Oh. Because then they also remember 2002. <laughs> Not any of those players, but Buckley does. Buckley definitely remembers oh. that, especially because it was against Brisbane. Anyway, yeah, yeah. it was a really wet, cold, boggy day. It had been raining a lot, so yeah. the ground, especially near the boundary lines, was very tough to run in, I guess. It was going to be a, a wet weather. The, it was going to be a day for wet weather, like, football. It wasn't going to be pretty, because already, you've already got, like, high-pressure football from a grand final, which isn't necessarily nice. Yep. Uh, you then throw in that it's raining and a bit shit, and then you add... The way St Kilda play, which is congestion, contested, the flooding. Paul Ruse school the, of thought. The Paul, the Paul Ruse school of thought that thought that it doesn't have to be ugly, but it wins grand finals. Except it didn't this time, Ross. Um, <laughs> hey, what is interesting to the, the different styles is that Geelong in that era was very much run and gun, like play on handball from a free kick or a mark straight away and get it into the corridor as quickly as possible. Up against. A, a wall, like yeah. a, a well-oiled like wall. Tackle as much as you can. Yeah. But the great thing about that, knowing that that's what the weather was going to be like, that's pretty much what cre- created that moment in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because if it wasn't a day like that, he probably doesn't make that choice. No, he probably picks it up. Exactly. And it's we still win because he gets the ball out, but yeah. it's not as cool. No, exactly. And it's not as dramatic. No, Absolutely. In the first quarter, Geelong took an early lead. They got two goals in eight minutes, yep. and it was looking pretty positive for them, but then St Kilda really got a hold of the game, and I think Lenny Hayes was yep. orchestrating that. He had 11 touches and a goal just in the first quarter. Like, Lenny Hayes, how he didn't win a Brownlow, I don't know. 
I think the issue for him was that Gary Ablett existed. Gary Ablett existed, and Dane Swan existed, and Gary Ablett existed again. Mm-hmm. And Chris Judd, I guess, existed. And Chris Judd, who had what two in that era? Yeah, I think so. I think I think Lenny Hayes' greatest problem was that the Geelong midfield existed because you had Bartell and Ablett winning. Uh, Fuck Bartell. Yeah, right. How good's Bartell? Yeah, beautiful man too. Good so commentator. Good, very good commentator. I could listen to him talk. Just about anything. I wish they'd get rid of the others yeah, and just... let him and Richo sit there. I mean, Richo's fine. <laughs> Richo's okay. But he, Richo, you know what Richo's very good at? He's a very good boundary rider. You know, like, and I'm not being an asshole. He actually is. <laughs> I love Daisy Pierce's commentary. Can I just say? Yeah, no, she's good. I'm, I'm also enjoying Abby Holmes. Yep, she's year. improved she's, a lot. She has, mm. as opposed to some other people. Get rid been... of Kate Sheehan. Yeah, that's what we're going to say. Well, I was going to say like he'd been there even longer. Like I don't know, James Brayshaw. <laughs> I mean, all the men get rid of them. Oh, BT. Um, he doesn't know worst. anyone's name. He's the worst. He doesn't like, know. actually the worst. Oh, he is. I hate him. Anyway. Anyway, back to this game. Uh, <laughs> St Kilda actually got 14 inside 50s to Geelong's two in this quarter, but they only managed to kick three goals two. Yep. So at the end of the first quarter, it's 20 to 18. Geelong have kicked three straight. Don't know how Geelong only had two inside 50s but had three goals straight, but that's what the statistics maybe, say. Maybe one from 50. Maybe. Or, or a 50-meter penalty, which technically doesn't count as an inside 50. Potentially that. I don't remember because I was very stressed. I mean, it was the first quarter. I think later is when you remember more, right? Nah, still, there's a, was, was it this quarter? What quarter does um, Hawkins' goal happen? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Last quarter? Third quarter? The goal that wasn't a goal? No, a goal that is a goal. Because <laughs> the history books will tell you he kicked... He's kicked 500 goals. He's not it's, kicked 49, 499. It's the next one. It's the next quarter? <laughs> it's the next quarter. Um, so we're into the second quarter now. So St Kilda are up by two points. And then in the second quarter, they held control of the game still, but that was still super inaccurate. And very little scoring was done until the last five minutes of this yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was... It was a lot of the game felt like just constant arm wrestles and then a team would just get a little bit of a flurry on. But this was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Like, it was stupid. The ball, like, I remember there was so... Like, I remember in that quarter that Tom Harley and Scarlett took so many intercept marks. Yeah. Because the ball just kept coming in. And at the other end, whoever that... Like, like Dawson Simpson? Dawson Simpson? No, Zach, Zach Dawson. Dawson. <laughs> And whoever there, like Baker would take, Baker and Dempster, it would have been, right? Yeah, Dempster, yeah. Um, Sydney Premiership player. You know, well, Baker playing on Stevie J and mm. he did absolutely nothing. That's Just true. got shut completely out of it. But it's okay, a lot of people lifted. Well, he had an involvement in the last passage. He did have a little bit of an involvement Tiny in the last one. passage. Tiny one. He was there. <laughs> he was there. But in the last five minutes of this half... Geelong kicked two goals in 15 seconds. One of them was shown later to have... Hit the post. Yep. Uh, the Tom Hawkins one. I mean, was it? Did it hit the post? If you look at the video replay, it definitely hit I the have, post. I have, and it uh, doesn't hit the post. <laughs> it definitely hit the post, but it was called a goal. Yep. Um, Kaczynski was able to kind of replicate, in a way, 
kicked it off the deck. Milburn yeah. was convinced that he touched the ball. Oh, like, I'm not even talking like Stephen Silvani. Like, I've touched it. He he just walked over and to pick the ball up to kick it back in because he, didn't, he was there, convinced. Was, there was no theatrics. And then the umpire called a goal. And he doesn't actually, like, he doesn't remonstrate straight away. He's kind of like, wait, the, the fuck? <laughs> and then he comes over and I'm pretty sure as... Always happened. Manny Scarlett was always there yeah. arguing with an umpire. I mean, I've not seen that goal back. Is that touched as well? It wasn't touched. That nah, was touched. I don't think it was. Man. But, I mean, it worked your way anyway. Yeah, it did. But still, we, we still won by two goals, so that's fine. Clinton Jones had kicked a goal right before that as well. This is all in the final minute, mind you. I forgot about Jones. Yeah, yeah. He would have played on Ablett. Yeah, probably. And got smashed. Uh, I mean, he kicked a goal. Yeah, but like, you know, whatever. And then because Milburn was complaining so much, the paid, umpire paid, play, paid a free, kick, a free kick to Sydney Swans premiership player Adam Schneider directly in front of goal with 15 seconds remaining to put St Kilda up in, by a goal at halftime. <laughs> I, I still remember watching that. And, of course, when you're watching it, you don't have – the mic'd up um like when you're at the ground, you don't yeah. have the mic'd up umpire. So we just had Milburn and so the whole so you, again, we're on the aisle. So yeah. you have all these like St. Kilda people being like, Yeah, they're getting in people's faces and all these Geelong people, like, because we were behind that end. Oh really? Yeah, we're at that end of the ground. So we were behind the goals at that end, just off to the side a little bit, because yeah. obviously the cheer squads are there. So St. Kilda go into the halftime break up by a goal thanks to a free kick paid due to remonstrating with an umpire. He's still arguing at this point. <laughs> and I'm, if my memory serves me correctly, and I didn't, I, I was like, I should watch this game in preparation. And then I thought about it, I was like, I don't need to. <laughs> I've got, like, I watched, I watched the last quarter, like that, the passage from the last quarter, yeah. which is all you need. But you don't need an excuse to watch that either. No, no. no. I, um, I, I rewatched like a whole bunch of random games recently. I watched the three, uh, the, the 2011 finals. Ah. Anyway. I mean, if anyone follows me on Instagram, they see that on my lunch break at work, I rewatch quarters of games, random games. Yeah. It's great. Oh. With M&Ms every, every day. That's oh. my lunchtime routine. That is really great. Your lunchtime routine is fighting with people on Twitter. Yes, it is. It's yeah. great. Pick it, fights. Not even picking fights. I think I fights. picked the fight and you joined in. Ah, <laughs> oh, he was doing my head in. Again, because I work at a stadium and we do a lot of like sport history stuff, I was like... I've literally spent like the last week looking at images of women playing footy in like the 1900s, yeah. the early 1900s. Like, come on, yep. fella. Yeah. Jog on. Anyway. Moron. Anyway, third Dingus. quarter. <laughs> My favourite word. Uh, it was super congested in this uh, quarter. It was a little bit difficult to watch as well. Um, All St Kilda games. This is the thing I think that uh, the other reason that people don't talk about St Kilda as highly as they talk about Geelong in those, like in that era where they were really dominant because Geelong are exciting to watch. Like, even if you hated Geelong, we had some star players, but we were high scoring. We, we uh, like, Cam Mooney led the league for, like, three years in goal assists. We liked sharing the ball around. We often had multiple So they were the scorers. North Melbourne women's team. Yeah, we were the North Melbourne so women's team. So you hate them, but they're still good to watch. Yeah, no, nah, but different. Cause, but I don't think, I think because we broke it, I think in 07 people loved us because it was a drought breaking. You know, yeah. we'd, we'd been there so many times. And I even think in 09, there was still some sentiment towards it because we'd lost to Hawthorne and we were going we to prove that, like, pretty footy beat Ross Lyon footy. <laughs> I think by 11, we were still okay because we beat Collingwood. But I think after that, I think after 11, it was like, nah, they're too many. I mean, after 11, Sydney won, so that's all that matters to me. But we, <laughs> I always bring it back to that. You know that. Um, about seven minutes in, Cam Mooney kicked a goal, so it's even again. Then nine minutes in, Nick Rewalt kicks a goal. They're out by a goal again. 
He had a very good game without kicking, like hitting the scoreboard rewalt a lot. Like he was playing a lot of time on the wing. Yeah, which is what they needed from him as well. Yeah, like especially with Gardner up forward. Well, yeah, that, that was it. So they had Gardner and Kaczynski up forward and then all those crummers around him. And I don't think Rio went forward a lot, but Harry Taylor was still playing on him and was often playing like on the wing. Like, yeah. You see Harry, like he had a good game on the weekend, but old man can't run. <laughs> he was on the wing and he still talks about how that game and that matchup on Nick Rewald is one of the hardest ever because just when you think you're about to get a break, like to be able to just catch your breath, he just takes off on another like 60 meter lead. Yeah. You're he like, runs so why? much. <laughs> But well, that was the biggest part of his game, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then 19 minutes in, Paul Chapman kicks a goal. So it's back to 50, 58 points even. Yeah. And then, and those were all the goals scored until the last 90 seconds where there's a forward stoppage and St. Kilda's forward 50. And Gardner, I believe, tapped it, or King maybe tapped it down to Montagna, who beautifully ropes it and kicked it. a goal. So St. Kilda took a goal lead a goal lead? Yeah. Into, uh, oh, I think it was seven points, sorry. Into a goal the f- and a bit. Yeah. A substantial lead for the kind of football they play at, at three-quarter time. That's like a soul. Like, when, you know, you, there's, a, there's not a lot of time left. I think like, the coaches have come down to the boundary. You know yeah. there's not a lot of time left. You just need to lock it in. And they didn't. But that's how Montagna played his footy as well. Yeah. That's what he was good at. So it was still tight. To this point, seven points was the biggest margin at a break because it had been two points and six, now seven. Man. So very tight. And How am I still alive after being at this game? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm stressed hearing these stats back and I know the result. <laughs> like, I know that we win. I, my mum still talks about, like, because I sat with her and she doesn't cope well with close games. If we're, if we're at home, if she's watching it at home, she'll take her glasses off or, like, stand in the back of the room because she can't see what's on the TV. She doesn't do close games very well. Um, so the fact that she's alive today Is and was at this game, oh, it, was, it, was, oh, it was going off, like, but we're still in it, you know? Yeah, it's only seven it. points. It's seven nothing. Seven points. We can do this. So we go into the fourth quarter. And Hawkins yeah. goals early, which puts them one point down. And then five behinds are scored by both teams, like on and off, um, over the next 20 minutes. It is a deadline. And all of them are gettable. Yeah. Because like, no rush, the rush behind rule is gone. So it's either some of them are like punched, but a lot of them were gettable or rushed. Yeah. And it was just like every, you could just, I remember just sitting there and you're just sitting there going, come on. like. So it was even it, on 67 points at this point. Yes. It's... Very stressful. And you would have been killing your fingers and all that sort of stuff? Oh, I kill my... My thing is my thumb. I don't do this. I, I hold my thumb and just, like, crack it and pull on it. And, um, yeah, people are people are convinced I'm going to dislocate my thumb at the footy one day. Go, Kate. <laughs> but that brings us to this miraculous moment. Oh. About 24 minutes into this final quarter. So this is... It's, it's beautiful. So... We managed. Steve Johnson manages yes. to win the ball on the wing. It was like half back. It was so, quite yeah. far back in the. He 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 pushed he pushed off half back because I think he wasn't getting anything forward to try to break the Steve Baker Stephen Baker tag. Yep. they had some great battles. There was a time when um, Stevie J's thumb was broken and Stephen yes. Baker kept punching it and then got like two weeks suspension. And then the next time they played, he like just Steve Johnson just put him in a headlock. <laughs> he had a lot of great fights with it. him and Ryan Crowley. The game where he uh, dragged him. Off his interchange, yes, and Geelong got a free kick because they're like, "I oh, didn't exit the interchange properly." It's like, yeah, because Steve Johnson pulled him over like <laughs> the wrong part of the bench. Um, 
But yeah, so he's got the ball in the like off half back, sort of on the wing, and he's looking up. But he does like the old Stevie J, see something at the corner of my eye and kick laterally, which at the time is you know, it was what he does. Everyone does it now, but like risky. It was risky, but that's that's, that's how he always played his football: high risk, high reward. Yes, he kicks it up, and Ablett is on his own in a paddock, in, basically at the centre square. And it's like, if this ball gets to Ablett, he's just going to do what he does best and just take off, run to 50, have a shot. Yep. And it'll probably, like, go, like at this point, everyone's just running on adrenaline. Is it Dawson? It's Dawson. Or is it Dempster? It's, it's Dawson. Dawson. So the ball comes across and Ablett's like, yep, beautiful. Like, just sees it coming and just stops, sits, perfectly going to catch this. And then Zach Dawson does probably the only thing he's ever done in his career. He was, ran, like, 60 metres to do that. It's the only thing he's ever done. Other than get delisted, like, by three clubs. I mean, he got taken to Frio by Ross Lyon. Yeah, did he? Or did he sneak in his luggage? And by the time he was there, it was too late. <laughs> Once you make eye contact with her, it, it thinks you're its mother. <laughs> it's like it's like a duck. Zach like Dawson's a duckling. <laughs> uh, do you want me to continue while you just... Are you, are you okay? Oh, I'm gone now. Uh, so Zach Dawson spoils. So the yeah, ball. Zach, Zach Dawson though, <laughs> to his to his credit, if if St Kilda if St Kilda had won this grand final, Zach Dawson's spoil on Ablett would be the moment. Yes, that you would talk about. Yes, fortunately they didn't, so I get to talk about my moment. <laughs> um, Ablett's got a sitter; he's sitting underneath it, and Dawson runs 60, 70 meters, puts the spoil on. Ablett's so surprised too. Like if you watch that replay back, he's like a boy who's just like someone just knock. He's like, what? But I'm Gary Ablett Junior. <laughs> <laughs> the ball was mine, and it looks like the, you know the ball's going to go back. And Sydney St Kilda had a couple of people behind there, so if the ball if the ball keeps going, St Kilda probably then or do the opposite to what Geelong going to do, get out the back. Yep. And I think the furthest player, the closest player to goal we had was Matthew Scarlett, <laughs> who was up with the ball. Yep. Like if that ball goes over the like we were in trouble. So the ball's bouncing, and Matthew Scarlett. This is the and this is the moment. This is the moment. Matthew Scarlett's just bur- like the thing. The thing that made Matthew Scarlett such a great fullback, and why he probably, in my opinion, and this is going to be a bit hyperbolic, whatever hyperbolic. Hyper. It should be hyperbolic. Okay, because it's hyperbolic, it should be hyperbole. So fuck everybody, because it's hyperbole, right? Yes. Yeah, but it shouldn't be because if you're saying hyperbolic, anyway, this is not related to what I want to talk about at all. <laughs> you're the writer. Yeah, so I'll do what I want. Um, so. The thing I think, though, that, that made him sort of revolutionise what fullbacks were doing in that era is that he he liked coming off his man. Yep. In the, in the same way that Jeremy McGovern does now and Rance does now, which is kind of like, oh, that's what you do to be a good fullback because you come off your man. He played with speed and courage. And I remember when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, Matthew Lloyd gave the, the speech talking about him, which I thought was brilliant because they played on one another so much. Yeah. And Lloyd was like, I remember playing on him the first time being like, oh, I'm gonna, this guy's not very tall. I'm going to outmark him. He's like, he just, he got to every contest and then he just wouldn't pay me any respect. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Like, you're running over there. So he, w- he would come off his man. So he, the ball's in dispute and he's gone, no, nah, no, nah, I've got this. Runs off his man, who if the ball had have not gone this way, would have then been free running into an open St. Kilda goal. Yeah. Runs off his man, bursts the two St. Kilda, through the two St. Kilda players who were about to pick the ball up. And rather than, because of the conditions, yep. rather than pick it up and fire off a handball to Ablett, just goes, 
Just kick it off the deck. Just a, just a the deafest little toe poke. It's, it's not like a full body kick. It's just a light tap to yeah. get the ball up in the air, so Ablett can can receive it. Yeah. Without breaking stride. You're right into Ablett's like, pants. It's it's the most beautiful pass. The it's most unbelievable. Five meter stab pass, and uh, you know. If we didn't see it happen, we wouldn't have believed that it happened. No, it's it's incredible. Yeah. It's just because he, he sort of stops and it, it the reason it's not a soccer kick and it's called a toe poke is because that's all it is. Yeah. He just taps it up away from the St. Kilda players and then keeps running, which is the funniest part of this story, is that Ablett takes off with the ball and does the, the Ablett thing when you know he's about to like run really quick where he like lowers his shoulders, he gets really low to the ground. Yeah. And Scarlett runs behind him because there's still the St. Kilda, so to put on the shepherd. And you can tell that Ablett doesn't realise that that's his own player yeah because he kind of looks over his shoulder and immediately <laughs> speeds up <laughs> which is why I don't think he kicks the goal because I think he's under a lot more pressure he thinks he's under a lot more pressure than he is yeah so Scarlett's done the legendary toe poke he shepherded Ablett Ablett runs to 50 and bombs it to the square where there's just a sea of players Hawkins Mooney no one can take it hits the ground Travis Varco it's sh- uh, Shannon Burns gets it to that's Travis right. Varco that's right Shannon Burns wow who they did end up going to Melbourne as well yeah he still works there doesn't he yep. like their forward coach he's or got a... really blue eyes it's really weird he he looks he looks a bit fake no no I don't mean it like he, like a fake person but he looks like he was made he looks a bit like a Ken doll it's, but it's the eyes the eyes are very they're very doll, blue like ba- yeah, yeah yeah that's why I guess I'm calling baby blues because it looks like a baby doll yeah I don't know Oh yeah, so then So Shannon Burns got it to Varco. Gets the ball to Varco. Travis Varco, who was just beautiful in congestion, just handballs it out to Chapman, who off one step, in the words of, you know, Stephen Quartermain, Paul Chapman, Paul Chapman, Paul Chapman <laughs> sails through, kicks the goal that puts Geelong a goal up. Yeah. And uh, is is basically the goal that breaks St. Kilda's back. Well, that is the goal that got you in front and we there is a Max Rook goal that comes after uh, this. But it comes but, after the siren. But this is the goal. This is the goal. This is the goal that wins happened. a premiership. It is. The goal wins the premiership. The, no, sorry. The goal gets us in front. The toe poke won us the premiership. Yes. That's what I believe. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know a fun, fun bit of trivia, though, about that passage of play? I love fun trivia. So, Varco handballs to Paul Chapman, who's got about three players in front of him, and he has to, like, quickly snap it. Yep. To his left, in about 20 to 10 metres of space all around him, was Jimmy Bartell on his own. There is no player. In, he is screaming for the footy and there is no one near him. And, like, I remember the the Herald, the, the Herald Sun, the Geelong advertiser did, like, a, like a series of photos on the game. And the, that, that's a really iconic one. You have the first angle, which is Chapman snapping it, and then a wider angle with Bartell screaming for the ball on his own. And the caption is, great from Chapman, but who's on Bartell? <laughs> I, just, I just love that we beat a team that prided itself on defence. And in that moment, one of the best players in Geelong was on his own. Yeah. And, of course, Paul Chapman then wins the Norm Smith. Deservedly so. Deservedly so. 30-something and three goals? Yeah, it was something. Three goals? It was something really crazy for a grand final. Scarlett was close too in all of our premiership winning. I know in 07 he came second to Stevie J. Yeah. Which everyone was going to that year. But I know that he was in the votes every year in every grand final he played in. He was just that kind of player that stepped up. He did. He stepped up. He toe-poked up Gemma. <laughs> uh, and that win was unreal. So 
we obviously in Melbourne, we caught the train back down to Geelong. The, no, we drove back and it was just party time. Yep. We actually gave the guy we knew who was a St. Kilda supporter a ride back. He was really good about it. Yeah. Uh, he sang the Geelong theme song with us on the walk from <laughs> the MCG to the art center. And there was this really drunk bloke who had like 500 people walking back, like Geelong people and a few like sad saints people who reworded the saints song to like, Oh, when the cats Oh no, <sighs> was very funny. Uh, it was also, and then when you're, I got home, so I was, I was probably 18, 19 in this one. So I was old enough to like go out legally and they shut down Geelong and turned it into like a party. So I had a great night. This is why, <laughs> this is why this moment is this moment won me a grand final, which meant I went out and partied. I got lucky shoes out of this game. I have a pair of shoes that I wear to every game of football now uh, because I wore them at this grand final. <laughs> I mean... This has I've, shaped me, this toe poke. I very much enjoyed the way you've been able to describe it. That's good. It's It's been very entertaining. Oh, good. Can you please come back and talk about more Geelong stuff soon? Yeah, I'll talk about you know the great moment we have in this year's grand final. <laughs> I mean... We're stretching a little bit. I mean, we are. It's round two. <laughs> but can we also talk about the Geelong women's uh, introduction into the league with you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. In the meantime, yes. thank you so much for coming. Oh, thanks for having me. I know you've had a long day at work. That's okay. But... I got to relive one of the best days of my life, so it's fine. <laughs> you've perked me up, to be honest. <laughs> your, your joy. Um... I'm going to go home and watch it. <laughs> Well, well, I think we're going to watch the Topo right after we finish this. Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to it after your description of it. Um, but you can, we can catch you on How Good's Footy every yes. Wednesday. Every Wednesday at 4, 4 p.m. PM on Thursday mornings at 5 a.m. 5 a.m. on Play On Radio. Play On Radio. Um, and then it's podcast after that. Yes, and then it's, it's podcast after that on uh, through Sans Pants Radio, who is the company I work for. They have a whole bunch of other great podcasts Uh if you like other stuff that I'm sometimes in. They're not football-related or music-related, though. No, That's why no, they're not on the station. No, they're, they're a lot nerdier. So one of them is literally called D&D is for nerds. That's great. Yeah. I don't understand any of it, but no, awesome. Fine. Yeah, yeah. So that's if you want to listen to me, you can do that. Or like, just come to a Geelong game and I'll be the, the guy just telling not people standing. about it. Hey, whoa. <laughs> I stood for Chappie's goal. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and if people want to find you on Twitter... Yeah, so if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Awkward Treed. Awesome. So yeah. people will tweet at you. Um, also, you can find him being very smart and shutting stupid people down on Twitter in my feed as well. Yeah, that's fun. That's what I do. I very much enjoy that too. God deleted his tweets. Now I look back at it, it looks like I'm calling you a dingus. I have screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I see it, but I don't believe it. We'll be back again in a couple of days. If there's a story you want us to tell, please tweet at Play on Radio Melb because we want to cover all the stories you want to hear. Um, if you want to tell your story, let me know because I'm happy to have you on as well. Tom's being very careful with his glass, putting that down so it doesn't make noise. <laughs> but other than that, make sure you listen to Play on Radio. There's plenty of awesome stuff. Definitely listen to some of the music stuff as well because there's some really great local artists that we're repping on a regular basis. So make sure you do that. Otherwise, I've been Gemma. He's been Tom. Yeah. And we'll definitely be back. Go footy. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.